Hello and welcome, everybody, to another VMware Cloud on AWS podcast. I'm your host, Bill Roth. Today, we're going to talk about a new offering from VMware. It's called VMware Cloud Flex Compute. To tell us all about that, we have our sometime producer, Sonali Desai. She's Group Product Line Marketing Manager for VMware Cloud and AWS. Welcome, Sonali. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. And also new to the show, Blair Fritz, Senior Product Line Manager for VMware Cloud. Welcome, Blair. Hello. So I've heard a lot about this, and I think this is going to be highly anticipated by a lot of folks. Sonali, tell me more about VMware Cloud Flex Compute. What are we announcing at VMware Explorer? Yeah, definitely, Bill. So we are super excited with this uh, announcement. Um, we will be announcing preview of VMware Cloud Flex Compute. So uh, why we are announcing this basically? So as you know, uh, customers have been using public cloud infrastructure and public cloud is always coupled with these uh, fixed size hardware types or host types. And customers are obligated to use these um, fixed hardware uh, for different types of applications. And that hardware might not be suitable for all the application needs, right? So they need that flexibility. Also, they just want to have like lower cost of entry. So they just want to start small, test the waters and then scale as needed. So for that, we are announcing this new resource-based cloud compute model for their enterprise workloads. Uh, so this is again delivered as a service. So VMware will be managing the entire life cycle uh, for, for this. Um, so what we are providing as a flex compute is basically the elastic pool of compute, memory, network, and storage resources. And then customers get immense flexibility in terms of purchasing different configurations of these uh, resource pools. So this, each of these resource pool is called as flex compute unit. And per, uh, customers can purchase different configurations of these flex compute units according to their workload needs. And uh, from there, they can just start small and then they can scale later as per their requirements. Excellent. So it's giving me the ability to produce or to consume basically quanti quantities of resources, exactly what I need, when I need it for compute and other resources. Is that accurate? Exactly. So basically they get the same speed, agility, elasticity, and all the enterprise grade capabilities that they are getting today with VMware Cloud and AWS. But now they will be able to consume those in smaller consumable units called as flex compute units. Awesome. And I think uh, as a matter of managing costs, that'll be super important to our listeners. And we've had a couple of shows on that. Blair, right. tell me, why should I use cloud, cloud flex compute and uh, who who are the who are you likely to see wanting to use this? Oh man, that is a great question. So Sonali kind of hinted at it earlier, where the the big thing with this one is allowing for a much smaller, lower cost of entry into just getting into a virtualized environment. Um, obviously, as like computers get larger and larger, servers get larger and larger, you need to end up spending way more to actually price out the end-to-end -end cost of individual servers. What this allows for you to do is effectively have a much smaller price point by buying fractions of servers where you only need to tailor them to the exact workloads that you are going to be deploying inside of this environment. And so it allows for you to be way more flexible with your budget and allows for you to be way more specific with what you're going to be deploying. So rather than kind of having asymmetrical scaling issues inside of some environments where you may have very 
mixed workload instead of the same cluster. So you may have like a, a bottlenecking around memory. This allows for you to be a little bit more specific with your choices. And like Sonali said, given the variety of uh, different unit sizes that we're going to be providing, there's going to be a storage optimized, there's going to be a memory optimized, there's going to be a compute optimized, and there's going to be a general purpose. This allows for you to kind of pull the lever, so to speak, so that you can increase and decrease um, all the different types of workloads so you can match them appropriately. So that you're not kind of overspending or potentially, uh, nobody ever complains about underspending, really spell about overspending, let's just say. Um, now the who is a great question. It's kind of applicable to a whole host of people that we can kind of think through here. Um, it, it's kind of like, you can use it for anything given it's it's primarily really tailored for smaller environments is kind of the, the best use case here. Uh, it could be a lab environment. It can be a, you know, you, you're, you're spinning off of a team from a larger environment. You want to kind of give them their own sandbox. Um, it could also be used for things like disaster recovery, as well as like just smaller workloads overall and burstable workloads. So it allows for you to have a variety of options for both organizational purposes, as well as just um, pricing purposes as well, so that you have way more flexibility uh, not to play into the name of the actual product itself. Got it. So Sonali, if you had to summarize the benefits for CloudFlex Compute, uh, how, how would you summarize the whole list of benefits? Yeah, sure. So as uh, Blair mentioned, right? So the first and foremost is uh, lower cost because now uh, this is the, uh, uh, so customers basically they can start small, so low cost of entry there. Also, as Blair mentioned, they can man match their uh, resources, like they can match the CPU, memory, uh, storage, networking resources precisely with their application portfolio needs and they can avoid some over-provisioning there. So in that way, they will optimize their cloud spend. And again, uh, like for the VMware Cloud on AWS host-based model today, um, the minimum uh, minimum capacity that they need to purchase for production host is two hosts. So if we compare that with the smaller consumable units, then uh, they are um, essentially getting around 97% smaller the minimum required host space environment. And that's how they are reducing their cost because they are getting like a really small configuration to start their uh, cloud migration. And then a uh, couple of other key advantages. The first one is, as I mentioned, we are providing uh, immense flexibility. So they can have a variety of these workload optimized flex compute units according to their different workload needs. And they can mix and match these configurations. Uh, and then the last one is uh, faster provisioning. So because this is a smaller unit, so and they can literally um, provision this infrastructure within just few minutes and they have this infrastructure ready for uh, ready for them uh, within like few minutes up and running. So these are, I would say, some of the few benefits that are really important from customer's point of view. What are your take on the use cases, Sonali? I mean, are there are there certain app cases or certain app classes? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that would be useful for this. Yeah, give us a give us an overview. Yeah, and definitely. So as Blair mentioned, like the this opens up wide variety of use cases. Um, so what we would um, say is like, first of all, like as um, he mentioned, uh, smaller environments like, so entry-level workloads like uh, say dev test workloads or code repositories, so then this is the uh, this is the best uh, configuration for them. Also, if customers are thinking of having so any burstable workloads, like say, for example, any microservices or virtual desktops or any web servers, then they can use um, these uh, smaller flex compute units for that as well. 
um, then any small size workloads, like for example, any edge applications um, at say manufacturing plants or retail stores or any remote office branch office applications, then for that as well, they can use flex units. Uh, and also you know, for any DR needs, they can fail over these small workloads on demand uh, onto these flex compute units. Um, and again, the last is um, what we would say is a high resource intensive workloads. So customers who want to migrate their memory intensive applications or um, they want to migrate the workloads that require low latency, high throughput or high performance, then they can use um, these flex compute units for those types of workloads as well. And Blair, uh, please uh, chime in and add if I'm missing anything here. No, and actually one of the cooler cooler things about this one is, is in, in addition to all the things that she mentioned there was if we jump back really quick to the actual benefits overall is through the actual layer that we're building on top of the standard like VMware SDC that has all the benefits that uh, Sonali mentioned earlier is that it allows for us to kind of easily cycle out the underlying hardware that will be used inside of this environment here. So today, obviously, as most customers know, we use i3 and i3EN um, as this environment. But as we start kind of rotating through our overall inventory inside of VMC, this allows for you as the customer to get those benefits over, like, over time. So as we adopt newer and newer standard hardware for our SDCs, you will see seamless underneath the covers as the hardware just gets better and you'll have more performance overall. So unlike some other you know, larger cloud providers, what you see is like you will be buying uh, VM types and instance types that are very tailored to the underlying hardware. This kind of blends that all together and you just are running on top of this. You don't really need to think about that as part of your factoring into the purchasing of the overall environment. Um, but no, Sonali, you're spot on with everything you said earlier. So I'm going to go off script a little bit. And so I guess the question is, so what is this sort of unit? Am I just buying so many CPU cycles, so much memory, so much disk? It seems what you're saying is that I'm going to essentially get these packages, these like almost, you know, bundles yeah. of resources yeah. across all three dimensions. Is that right? It, that's about, yeah, that's right. So I like to, I like to, too bad this is all vocal. I like to think of it as kind of like a little slot sizes, almost like if you look at each, like vSphere HA, you've got your slot sizes that everybody kind of, kind of knows and loves and sometimes is terrified of. But what this allows for you to do is you're buying a, a base unit. It's, it's, and so what that allows for you to do is this unit is just a chunk of memory, CPU, storage, and it's also factoring in the actual um, throughput. So, the, you know, GBPS um, that the, workloads can actually leverage. And what that allows for you to do is you can almost imagine like a sliding scale, like a slider bar, things of that nature, where you would just buy more of those units and you would scale out your environment, um, uh, you know, horizontally, if you, uh, if you will. So basically it allows for you to kind of uh, ramp the, the resources that you want to have here um, on a very fine grained basis. So not necessarily to the point of, I want to scale my memory independently, but it allows for you to kind of make a choice of like, I really want this whole um, environment here to be very memory heavy. So you pick the memory focused unit and then you can just scale that out uh, horizontally and then that you'll get more memory at the very end of it. Excellent. So in the structure of VMware Cloud and AWS, we have organizations which then can have multiple SDDCs. And it sounds like now you've got kind of a pool. Do multiple organizations run on the same cloud hardware? Give us an idea of what's going on under the covers. Oh, of course. Yeah. So this is our big push, like not using CDS. This is, a, this is going to be a multi-tenant environment where you'll have everybody kind of sharing on top of common hardware. 
And you can kind of imagine this from the SDC standpoint that you will have multiple vSphere clusters. And inside of those clusters, you will have very discrete hardware types that'll be provisioned into these clusters. And then as part of you as the consumer, as the customer, um, enabling this and kind of picking the number of units you pick, our placement engine will go ahead and go, okay, based off of the use of general purpose, based off the, the, the uh, use of memory optimized and storage optimized, we're going to go ahead and pick the best location for you based off of also your choice in region. And then we're going to go ahead and drop you on top of one of these clusters here. And through the use of resource pools, as well as security rules, as well as the use of like T1s for each of your individual environments. So the T1 being an NSX construct, um, that will allow for us to go ahead and isolate you inside of this multi-tenant environment and, and make sure that we prevent any type of noisy neighbor situations or any type of a potentially nefarious activity that may be kind of going on there. And so this allows for us to uh, really give you a much easier way to chunk things up with a smaller environment overall and allows for you to scale eventually. So, you know, I'm a long time vSphere user. Uh, is there a new admin interface? Are, are, are you taking vCenter away from me? How, how will this work? Yes. <laughs> so vCenter will be out of bounds here, but you will be able to consume this directly through your, your VMC console. So we're building out a, a lovely set of workflows that from your VMC console, you'll be able to both interface with your existing SDCs. You'll also be able to have a new set of views that'll be able, that'll enable you to go ahead and provision workloads, monitor workloads, upload templates, upload ISOs, things of that nature. So all through your VMC console. So you'll be able to flip-flop between both of these models on the fly. If you want to just stick with one model, you'll be able to do it all through the VMC console. If you want to go with the host-based model, then you'll be able to still use the existing workflows that you've got today. So we're working on blending the user experience such that it's seamless between the two. But yeah, spot on, uh, Bill. There's going to be a new set of um, APIs and things of that nature that have been built out on top of the VMC console that allow for you to go ahead and consume this new new way of interfacing with our virtual machines uh, and workloads on top of VMC. Oh, what an excellent transition. Let's talk about APIs. Is it leveraging the vSphere APIs? Is it in addition? Is it more of the cloud API? It'll be more of the cloud API. So there's going to be a new API service that we're building out on top of VMC that allow for you to go ahead and provision all of this. Under the covers, obviously, it'll be piggybacking on the NSX APIs, the vSphere APIs that everybody knows. But this is going to be a new layer built on top of this that will allow for you to do all these provisioning operations. So there will be a new set of APIs for provisioning and uploads and downloads and things of that nature, power operations, um, that you'll be able to interface with. We will be introducing some, obviously, common technologies, like we're going to be bringing back the VMRC, the remote console and things of that nature so that you can uh, do the remote console access to the workloads on top of uh, the VMC. But for a lot of the ways, yes, there's going to be a new set of APIs that will be exposed on top of VMC um, to do all these operations as you go forward. Exciting. And we'll look forward to, to learning those and eventually using them directly from our favorite programming language like Python. Exactly. So I know that, that people listening to this are probably like cringing, but we are actively working on uh, integrating with some Terraform modules. So this will be a seamless ingestion with your other vSphere Terraform modules so that if you're looking at trying to blend all the different worlds together with your vSphere APIs, as well as these new BMC APIs for a Cloudflare compute, you will have a common module that you can be using uh, to help kind of bring everything back together for you, so to speak. Awesome. So what's next? We're announcing that it's early, sta early stages, but folks can, can try it out. Uh, where can customers go for more information, Sonali? Yeah, sure. 
So um, basically, we will be announcing preview of this at VMware Explore, and um, uh, we have a distribution list where customers can sign up for the early access program. So um, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And um, our customers can just email to that distribution list. And um, if they have any further questions or if they want to get uh, signed up for the early access program, they can just shoot an email to that distribution list and we can take it from there. Excellent. So check the show notes and you'll see how you can get access to this. That's uh, very exciting. And I think that wraps up another episode of VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged. Today, we've been talking about VMware Cloud Flex Compute. With us has been Sonali Desai, Group Product Line Marketing Manager, VMware Cloud and AWS, and the estimable Blair Fritz, Senior Product <laughs> Line Manager, VMware Cloud. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. It's been great. As always, our show is produced by none other than Sonali Desai. Our executive producer is Mr. Ivan Openchuk. Our music is provided by Maids of Honor. And our musical director is Mr. Robert Allen Zimmerman. This is Bill Roth. And for all the folks on VMware Cloud on AWS, thanks for listening and stay safe out there. 